And so that's what I'd like to think is why it took me so long to really realize that, 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 you know, I'm, I'm built to be an entrepreneur that I'm built to break things and do things differently. I'm not here to think outside the box. I'm here to live in a world where there is no box. Mm. And so when, when I, when I come from that place, it was just dials that needed to be turned. Now, if my dials had been turned when I was slinging sugar packet filled Kool-Aid bags. Pushing, you were pushing. Yeah, pushing, pushing, yes. Pushing. I was offering, it was an offer. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hello, founders. Welcome to the show. Hello, founders. Bob, what's been going on with you? You have been involved in some interesting, well, an interesting event. Yeah. I'm eager to hear about. You were at Perry Marshall's event here a little while back. Yeah, it was, um, um, gosh, what was it? You got to speak. It was, it was um, late May, but yeah, we I, I don't know if we've recorded since then. So um, Perry Marshall puts on an annual live person event. Uh, this year is the Definitive Traffic and AI Seminar. Uh, really interesting. Uh, obviously, AI became a really, really important topic. And actually, um, Perry's, Perry shifted the, the, the event um, from being just about traffic to AI that that's how fast it exploded from when he first came up with it. But um, I, I would say what, what really happened there, Brandon was a, a um, it was, it was next level talk about traffic and AI and technology, meaning there is, there is a cursory level of conversation that goes on in social media regarding AI and the the very kind of kindergarten level of AI is this tactic of people going, if you're not using AI, you're falling behind. Mm. And the secondary thing you hear is that AI is going to replace you. You're going to be out of a job. So what we don't want to deny, though, is that AI is as an important innovation in our history as was the printing press and was the internet itself. Um, if you have not played with AI, you really don't understand the potential of it until you start to play with it. Now, what we what we consider AI branded is really kind of a, a learning language module, which is a big distinction we made at this conference. Chat GPT is, is, is an LLM. Um, it's a learn language module and you interact with it conversationally, which is going to fundamentally change the way we use technology. Uh, Sam Woods was there, um, who we're going to have on the show, I'm sure, um, talked about the fact that this is the first time in our history of technology that technology actually bends to us, meaning that we get to control how the technology uses. When you consider the way we use search engines, we were forced to bend the way the technology understood it, which is you enter in keywords, right? And then you have to search through a list and click to sites and have to figure out the answers for yourself. 
with something like ChatGPT, we get to put a inquiry and a conversational question into ChatGPT and get a response back from the machine. We don't have to change our language to interact with technology. And that's a fundamental thing. Mm -hmm. But here's what happened, Brandon. There, I was invited to speak way before this all put together. Um, obviously, as I shared on the last show or the show before, uh, my mom passed away and I spent two weeks away just decompressing. And I had this really strong urge from the muse that I was not to go up there to talk about video. Um, I actually talked about <laughs> identity, empathy, community, <laughs> tribe, uh, creativity, art. I really felt that the message that people needed to hear is that in the age of AI, where people are promising that the technology is going to take over, I really see it as an opportunity for humans to leverage the technology to be uber creative. And how do you thrive in an environment where all the content being generated is AI, where there's where you don't really trust what you're seeing is coming from who you think it is or the source you think mm -hmm. it is. And, and my point was this, is that what we really seek to do in our businesses is, is we build it out of our identity. It's of who we are. And so the first thing I shared with people was, I want you to discover who you are, get in touch with who you are, because that's going to determine what you do in business. And then if you really want to be successful, when everybody is trying to automate their business, you need to shift. You need to go opposite and add things like tactile experiences, live experiences, building community, um, really tapping into right brain thinking, right? We're so in tune with our schooling and with, uh, with our education system, which is all about regurgitating facts. It's all left brain thinking. We do very little in our society to encourage right brain thinking. Well, a right brain is, as you know, is the creative side of things. It's where you create. It's where things appear. It's where the muse connects to. So, you know, uh, we have a friend of ours that we interviewed, Brandon, Mark McShirley, who spends time during the week painting. <laughs> um, when you read things, when you get out and walk, when you exercise, when you converse, that is all right brain thinking. And so my premise in this talk was to know who you are, to really tap into the right brain, to build communities, to really like build something that people will strive in a, in a, in a world where it's like all automation and, and online to build true community where people can connect and actually get their hands dirty, for lack of a better term, is where you're going to find success. Um, the talk, which was really it was kind of a, I don't want to say it was courageous, Brandon, but like I was really scared because I kind of channeled this from the muse and I didn't know how it was going to be received. Yeah. Um, I really just kind of surrendered to it and went with it. And Perry was very gracious to say, and I told him, I said, Perry, this is where I'm going with this. And he's like, go with it. Um, I, much have I, I must have touched on something because I spent a lot of time interacting with people after the talk who were very appreciative 
but it wasn't like I learned a lot. It was, Bob, you gave me permission to do something that I've been waiting to do. Um, Bob, you shared something in your story about your mom that really unlocked something for me. So clearly what I was doing was channeling the muse who wanted to talk to people in that audience. Now, I may be talking over people's heads here, Brandon, but the fact of the matter is, is sometimes the best way to approach something is to surrender to the muse and be a vessel for the muse. And it was an amazing experience for me. Um, I got some personal benefit out of it just by being by hearing the praise, but I was even more satisfied that I really honored what the muse was telling me and seeing what the muse was going to do with the people in the audience. So it was a spiritual, amazing experience that um, I hope I get to live again and live again multiple times over. Mm, wow. You know, <laughs> it's the, the impression I got when, you know, we're talking about AI and of course there's been so much, uh, I'll call it fear mongering, but there's been so much like, oh no, the robots are coming. They're going to take over. And, you know, that's, that's initially, I think a lot of people will throw those types of inflammatory statements out there just to get attention to their own channels. And because everybody's jumping now on the AI bandwagon of how to use AI and everything like that. And then, you know, then you, you get kind of a, to a neutral place, like you're talking about, it's like, hey, what can this tool really do for us? And it reminds me of the uh, the computer in uh, the uh, Avenger movies, the Iron Man movies of Jarvis, yep. Jarvis. where this is actually uh, the closest thing to an assistant here to serve us. Um, you know, it also reminds me of when Apple, when the Macintosh came on. Before before the Mac, you had to know how to program. You had to know how to, and, and you're familiar with this, Bob. You were in that world. You got to know how to to program to get this computer to do something for you. And then the Mac came along and became very image interface based. They created an interface between the programming language and, and the human who is very visual and organic. And now we've come to the point where this, this, this entity, this, this tool is now personified and has, it, it can continues to gain resources of information that would take us hundreds of hours to compile and perhaps hundreds or thousands of dollars to pay people to compile is now doing this for us in a very intelligent way. So it's it's almost like it's allowing humans to be even more human. It's yeah. I don't see it as replacing a human. I see it as replacing tasks. I, I look at it as, as a muse and I look at it as AI, at least so far in my playing with in my experiment, it'll get me 80% of the way there. This just which was let, very helpful. Let's think, let's think about what humanity has gone through just in the last hundred or so years. When, um, well, let's start with the printing press. What did the printing press do? It allowed people across the world to become literate. Mm -hmm information was passed through scribes and through stories and you had to be connected. Um, it allowed for literacy across the globe and for, for information to spread like wildfire. When, when Henry Ford decided to uh, put cars on an assembly line, it created a whole industry where now, like especially in the US, um, you could get from place to place. It, it created mobility. We weren't just stuck inside of where we could walk or where our, where our horse could take us. Yeah. We, we got mobility. When the Wright brothers introduced uh, flight to humanity, 
Um, it allowed us now to escape our countries and to travel to every place on the globe. When the internet came about, it allowed humans to connect with people on the other side of the globe. This is all about connectivity and the idea that we're all one and humanity being able to now interconnect with each other. We can see each other in person. We have freedom. We have mobility. All right. And AI, as you described, Brandon, is the same way. It is going to add another layer of freedom to ourselves, where it's going to maybe take over mundane tasks and allow us to do things that enrich our lives truly, mm. artistic side of things. We, it's such a, it's such a, it's such an awful thing that we 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 program our our generation after generation that it's all about like working hard and slaving and putting yourself in the hands of somebody else and you work a job for 45 years you retire and then you die um that is not what we're here for we are here to experience life it's what we came to this planet for and to give humans more time to engage in artistic expression and to be with each other. That's what this is all about. AI is going to help us do that. Um, if we see it as something that's going to take over our lives, it will. It'll, it'll manifest what we think it's going to be. But if we see it like we see car travel, air travel, internet, printing press, it's going to be one of the most amazing innovations. Another one of the most amazing innovations yeah. of our lifetime. Amazing time to be alive. Yeah. Amazing time to be alive. Definitely a bigger, definitely a bigger uh, banter session than we normally get. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I hadn't really talked about it other than with you and, and, and our partner, Scott, um, in terms of what the impact was, but um, it, it really meant a lot just to get a text that, that next morning from Perry saying, Bob, he goes, I really appreciate that you tapped into the, the humanity the, the human part of the AI experience. It was, mm -hmm. it was, it was really touching. So um, it, it really meant a lot to do that. And um, this, I, I think this ties into our guest, Brandon today, who's another Brandon. I'm sorry, folks. I had, to, <laughs> we bring another Brandon into the, you're community. welcome. Um, but his story is all about connection um, and, and relationships and masterminds and, and how he's innovated and moved forward in his life. And uh, some really powerful stories and really powerful examples of, of how that, that really lives out in the life of, of an entrepreneur. Yeah, I was I'm particularly fascinated by the prison story uh, <laughs> that he's going to share um, going and being able to spend time with inmates. And, and the semantics there are very important. So listen for the semantics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought he went to prison for something. He actually visited a prison. So, you know, yeah. but, show notes. You know, but it's clearly. cool. But, it, but, but uh, it, still fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, and uh, the 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 business that he is running is is really cool. And we'll we'll talk about that as we get uh, through the show. So uh, really excited to introduce our guest today, Mr. Brandon Straza. Hey, I got on? Brandon, Brandon, and Bob. Right? Too many Brandons on one call. Well, there's too many Bs. Let's be honest. You're getting lumped in, you know. <laughs> I, I feel left out. I feel like I should have gone with the shaved look today on, on, on many different places. So I have hair envy right now. It's great. Yeah, well, if it's you need great that, hair. you know, I'll just like kind of like you off know, the back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you it's off the backside. How about that? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, why is it so coarse? Don't ask. Yeah, kind of curly. Oh. What's up with that? Don't get well, that. You know, the hair, the ass straightener just didn't work that day. 
My wife hates it. She's like, damn it, you had to straighten your ass hair again. Oh, God. Honey, I'm trying to be attractive to you. Yeah. Look at it. It's my mane. It's like a a horse's mane. Right. Maybe (laughs) this isn't being recorded for anything. This is uh, much value to nobody right now. Yes. This is going to benefit somebody. Is it just going to benefit? Is it just the name Brandon that makes people like just you guys are just like the same? Oh, oh, yeah. We're just, uh, yeah. There's just, uh, there's an irreverence. There's there's a there's a dark, weird humor. There's, it's it's like your parents entirely knew, like, oh, this is gonna be one of those kids. Yeah, it's one of those, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I got the double whammy. Now I got to go look up the word irreverence, even though I've heard it before. I'm like, oh, this brand is one of the. He's one of the smart ones. He was. <laughs> We're, we're segregated into the haves and the that's have nots. The, that's my big have. word for the day. That's my yeah. that's my yeah. intelligent he, sounding word for the day. Peeled it off the yellow sticky note. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but right, yeah, get rid of that. I learned at a young age that uh, my initials. I think it was in Philly, I forget. I don't know. It was like probably eighth grade, and I found out what my initials stood for. So not only did they give me Brandon. But then also the, you know, the last name of uh, Straza. So BS, my teacher said, you do realize th- what this paper is. I'm like, no, they're like, it's your initials. I'm like, what's that mean? He's oh, like, oh, bullshit. God. I'm like, oh, cool. Do I get an A? He's like, well, yes. So <laughs> I still got a friggin' A. Nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I love it. Well, so, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how this interview is going to go. I, I don't know, know either. It's not enough it's energy. It's literally, start. it's like Back the Browns here. going to the Super Bowl. Just flush it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we got so, back here. We're, we're, we're I've got books. Here. See right there. I've got like point, like, you know, I've got books there. So yeah. I mean like, yeah, but can you read? See, that's the thing. I got piles of books over here, but no. I prefer crayons. Yeah. And- my eight-year-old reads for me. So why yeah, should I have it, to waste it, my eye? Books on tape. Who needs that stuff anyway? Words. I want lovely. Yeah. I want something oh, like so color. Yeah. I want markers. I want scratch and sniff. And sometimes, you know, I want the sniff to be a little, you know, different. Right. A little, a little curious. I get you. Yeah. Like, oh, what's that? I don't want to smell Ooh. that again, but you smells keep like, smelling it. Smells like back hair. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. All right, Bob, it. reel us in. Clearly, we're two. No, I'm just getting. Here. I'm just getting the vision of uh, Kevin from the office scratching this magazine, and they're like, "Kevin, it's not a scratch, it's sniff." And he goes, "No, sometimes you do get something." <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't realize it's the used toilet paper from the men's room. Oh, <laughs> so good. Oh, well, man. well. What are we doing here today? Brandon S. I don't. I don't know. Which BS? I, I don't BS. know. What we are go, we doing? Just, what? We just oh, we just go BS. Let that, yeah. That'll work. Fellow. Excellent. Yeah, I so I will uh I, off of the back man. of my initials we shall build a an empire of something and stuff and things. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, you seem to have gotten the vibe of the podcast somehow, maybe energetically or whatever. But that's this is what we do. We have Excellent. a good time. It's about stories. You don't uh, don't feel the pressure to have to teach us one dang thing today. Right. Right. Perfect. I have way smarter people that teach stuff for me <laughs> on behalf of me through me. And so it's great. Awesome. So we're, we just want to dig into your journey, Brandon, have a good time getting to know who you are. Um, have some laughs, cry some tears if necessary. Um, and then rant on something that just absolutely pisses you off near the end. How does that cool. sound? Perfect. I'll bring the sock puppets out and, you know, we'll just yes. go from there. Yeah. We had someone do a rap one time. That was really fun. Nice. Uh, I have to be in a yeah. different state of mind. I, I have, I've been known to bust some stuff out, but it will, it's 10, 10 06 central time. So that yeah. I, I don't have anything in me that will allow me to free flow. <laughs> Not enough coffee in the, in the 
in the morning right now to get that. Coffee it is. Perfect. And where, where are you calling from, Brandon? Uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas. Where All right. Cool. Of? We got a nice triangle me. going. Chicago, Dallas to Denver. Oh, nice. I'm uh, from uh, Central Illinois originally. I'm sorry that you live in Chicago. Well, we're, Dude, we're our own state as you guys are below us. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're south of I-80, you're you're essentially in a different part of the, the country. Oh, it's a whole different state. Chicago is its own country. And then like it everything is. else is yeah. just everything else. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see if we can get along today. That, that'll, be, we'll that'll be our goal. We'll try. Brandon, Brandon also is from the Chicago area. So yeah. we've, we've all Aurora. got that in common. Yeah. You're central Illinois, so Decatur, the armpit of America. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I am a Cardinals fan. If that Wait, makes I you feel better, yeah. I'm a Cardinals North fan, Flat but a Bears fan. Alaska was the armpit of America, so no, yeah, Decatur. Decatur was well. Okay. Decatur is like it's not Springfield, it's not Champaign, and not Chicago. That's no. that's Decatur's identity. Yeah. We don't know who we are. Yeah, <laughs> we're on the way to Champaign. We're on the way to Springfield. You yeah. have to pass through Decatur. So yeah. Decatur's so schizophrenic. It's like it's up, it's down. I don't know. Yeah. What am, I? what am I today? Who am I? I yeah. feel pretty. Well, cool. So um, we just roll into the interview. That's how that's how we do things. Oh, uh, yeah. We should probably completely scrap everything that just happened right there and we'll roll into it. Next oh, we're using that. That was awesome. Yeah. That was good. Most, yeah, of, that, we go. most oh. of that stuff is good and we will use it. So beautiful. Um, anyway, welcome to the Innovative Founder Storycast, Brandon Straza. How are you today? I'm awesome. You got my last name correctly. So I, I, I really appreciate that. I'm well, doing geez, it's that. phonetically spelled S-T-R-A-Z-A. I don't know how I'm else like you it. could say it, but I'm, I'm sure there's others that butcher it like Brandon Boyd. Yeah. Yes. Straza. Yes. Or Straze. 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 Yeah, we'll go with Straze. Straza. Strazer. Yeah. I like it because cool. you can stretch the ah out. It's kind of Straza. Yeah. Like, like that coffee place that's trying to compete with with Starbucks and they can't because it's coffee's no good. Lavaza, Lavaza. Oh, that's, that's, it's almost like a magic trick. Straza. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. I like magic trick. Yeah, well, it sounds authentically Italian. Like it's oh, it's an Italian espresso on the side of a Tuscan. Right. Thing. Yeah, I'm not going to correct you, but I'm going to correct you. It's actually Romanian, so it'd be pronounced straccia. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow! But it's cool. it's the skin color. It's the beautiful olive skin color and the. The dark hair and the features that really give me that Italiano. Awesome. Well, uh, for those of you just listening, uh, Brandon is Brandon Straza is rocking the hair. Um, yes. He's totally yes. making fun of us with his hair. Right. Um, and wow. he's got his good Adidas fit on. And I usually am an Adidas. I actually have Adidas pants, Adidas socks on, but I'm not going to stand up for the benefit of the audience. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, it's funny. I was just, we watched, um, what, what, I don't know where this interview is going to go, but we watched air, um, which is the oh. Michael Jordan shoe movie, right? Like my childhood, 80, 84, like that's the prime of my like high school years. And we listened to the soundtrack again yesterday. It was just like, it's the get psyched mix for uh 50, 53 year olds, I guess. Um, but, uh, one of the tracks on there, Brandon was, uh, me and my Adidas by run DMC my adidas yeah and so what we were laughing at is in the 80s all of us were illin illin yeah we were illin but now in the 2000s everybody's chillin so Uh, like they they improved on it so i don't know if you're illin today brandon or chillin but both actually work for this show yeah it's you know we're chillin like a villain because we really do care there we go (laughs) so we knew we were going to get you to rap we just had to lead you into it Exactly. And I will say uh, two movies since you brought up air. 
Um, such an amazing movie. I uh, family was out of town a few weeks ago, so I went from te- the Tetris movie, which I Ooh. highly recommend if you're an entrepreneur yeah. or you just want to see something a little bit differently, especially with a an old '80s theme. The Tetris movie on yeah. Apple Plus is amazing. Okay, uh, and then I, I rolled right into. I'm like, I just need something else. I went to Air, and I tell you what, afterwards I sat there and you you really get a feel for how Nike is now Nike today. And it's really thanks to Michael Jordan's mom. Like what an amazing human being and how she like structured that deal and really changed the face uh, for other future entrepreneurs and basketball players and how they could structure their deals. She single-handedly changed the industry for every NBA player that followed in his footsteps, 100%. And uh, what I loved about that movie is Michael Jordan gave the okay under two conditions. Number one, that he didn't, he wasn't the star of the movie. And number two, that his mom would be played by Viola Davis. Yeah. She's a, she's an amazing actor. I mean, like, come on, I haven't seen anything that she's not in. And just from what I understand, uh, an amazing human, but did a great job. Well, it's pretty appropriate. We're talking about movies, Brandon, because at one point you thought you were going to be the successor to Michael J. Fox, right? Right. That's what that's what the show notes say. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So I, I can't say that I was going to be the successor. Yeah, body double. Yes. Something. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, no, growing up, I, I don't know what it was. Something. It was. Just, I was fascinated by seeing him in Back to the Future and Family Ties. Like he could be two different people and and bring joy of two different characters. I'm like, wait a minute. You can. You. It's like having multiple jobs, but bringing joy in different ways. And I found it really fascinating. Is I wanted to entertain. Um, Fortunately, uh, I didn't become that because I can't imagine what I would look like in Hollywood today. But that being the case, uh, I love the path that somehow chose me or I chose it. We kind of, you know, married that. But uh, yeah, I wanted to be an actor growing up. And uh, I still watch Michael J. Fox in any of the interviews he does, his, uh, you know, his struggles, his successes, because I think he's another amazing human and and how he's gone about it. And his last big one was really Spin City, if anyone ever watched that back Mm -hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. For sure. Well, take, take us, tell us about this path. So, I mean, a lot of us start out wanting to be one thing when we're a kid and we kind of think, oh, we're going to go there. And then, yeah, like you said, another path chooses you. I I love, I love the turn of phrase because that's what Brandon and I uh, really believe. So tell me what path chose you and how that, that wove into what you're doing now. How, How did that work out? Yeah, I think the path was leaving me little breadcrumbs along the way. And I just didn't really pick up on that signal. You know, um, today we're in such a noise-driven world. So back in the, the 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 80s and 90s, you know, far less. But there was like little breadcrumbs that I can go back to now and be like, ah, there it was. And the first one was was really when I was slinging uh, Kool Aid sugar and and sugar filled packets in Ooh. in my neighborhood. And so I would take the Kool Aid. So you were a drug dealer. Okay, well, well, I, I was deal, I was well. I mean, sugar dealing sugar. Job, so I guess so. The same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I would take the the Kool Aid packets. And yeah. why not add sugar to it? Because, you know, who doesn't want more sugar in there? Right. And then I would get the little Ziploc baggies before they little things like flip it over. And, and I would sell, you know, a baggie for like a quarter up to a dollar, depending on how much was in there. And the kids in the neighborhood loved it. I mean, just when you're done with this, I want you to go to the store, go get some Kool-Aid, then yeah. just take some granulated sugar, mix it together and just, you know, a little Put taste. Right yeah. <laughs> Start it. Right there. Do a couple yeah. lines. Okay. Yeah, just in the mouth. Yeah. I'm down. I, I, I'm guessing it burns when it goes in the nostril, you know, but that being the case, the kids loved it because, well, we were just getting, you know, 
more sweet and sugar in there. Uh, this didn't last more than probably a month. The the neighborhood parents started finding out about it, and they really put a kibosh to my business. Uh, <laughs> Their kids were jacked yeah. up. <laughs> <Shut it down. laughs> Going around just bouncing around like, you know, bunnies. What's wrong with Junior? Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. I didn't even realize like that I was starting a business or that was a business. I didn't think like, oh, and most of the things that I build, I never look for what I want the outcome to be. Like, I can't think of one thing that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And in turn, I'm going to get this. And so when I was doing it, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make more money. I was just like, I like the taste of this. I've got the product in the house. I know that sounds horrible. I'm just going to mix them. And then I'm just going to like, here you go. I, I wasn't going to give it away for free, but that was really my first taste of entrepreneurship. No pun intended on the taste part um, that I realized it was a great lesson that it took me probably, you know, a few decades to come back to your customer. Isn't always your customer, you know, the customer was the kid, but really the customer that I had to convince was the parent. And so it's like, is it a decision maker or an order taker? And, and in this case, I had the order taker, not the decision maker, but it was, it was a great lesson that continued to steamroll into so many other different things that again, breadcrumbs that were left along the way, I didn't realize that I was going to be, you know, an entrepreneur. And that's really was my first, first, you know, stab at it. And I failed miserably. I love it. I love that. I love that story. Do you, do you, do you think Brandon, like you choose to become an entrepreneur or it's just who you are and you realize that that's like, I can't do anything else, but be an entrepreneur. I think it's actually in your DNA. I think it's in your blood and, and there's times. So one of my, one of my dear friends, Dr. Jeff Spencer, um, who I've worked with for years, he says, everything is already in us. The, the operating systems we can upgrade, you know, your hardware and software we can upgrade. It is already built into your DNA. You can't put that into someone. What you can do, and you can find this through leadership, through coaching, through groups, through communities, through conversations like this, is you can have someone extrapolate that and start showing you those clues and turning those dials that know that, that, that have seen these patterns before. They can see around corners. And so that's what I'd like to think is why it took me so long to really realize that, 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 you know, I'm, I'm built to be an entrepreneur, that I'm built to break things and do things differently. I'm not here to think outside the box. I'm here to live in a world where there is no box. Mm. And so when, when I, when I come from that place, it was just dials that needed to be turned. Now, if my dials had been turned when I was slinging sugar packet filled Kool-Aid bag. Pushing. You were pushing. Yeah, pushing. Pushing. Yes. Pushing. I was offering. It was an offer. You were pushing. When I was doing that, if if that, I don't think I'd be in this conversation right here because I look at every little piece. If we just change certain things at different points in our life, you know, one step, you know, the butterfly effect from the movie with Ashton Kutcher, we change one little dial and all of a sudden it's like it splits off into a whole nother multiverse right there. So now we're just using different, all different movie analogies in that. And so I believe that all these pieces have led me to why I'm here on this on, on this this interview today, getting to know you guys, but also in how I've built things. I never looked for an outcome. So often in the entrepreneurial world, we we'll say, okay, if I build this, then I'm going to have this money and I'm going to feel this way. Hmm. And, and that makes sense to me. I get why that's, that's how the human mind works on there. I, I don't look at it from that standpoint. <clears throat> and maybe that's why it took me so long to get to where I'm at right now is because I just looked, oh, here's a problem. Okay, there's not a solution for it. All right, how do we actually fix it? Because if there was a solution, I just go use someone else's solution. So all those dials 
slowly through time, surrounding yourself with different entrepreneurs, different people in the way that they think, they turn them to where all of a sudden you have the highest operating system and software in your mind. And then that allows you to be the person that you were meant to be. So it chooses you, but it's built in you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Can you give us an example, Brandon, of when you kind of realized this, when it kind of manifested in your journey? Like, what was the, what was the moment for you, like, you, you, that you recognize this? Or it was, this? yeah, it was really, again, the breadcrumbs were there. And I, it was, it was my wife, um, Angela, huh. who finally sat there and said, shit or get off the pot. Huh. And I, and, and I, and I said, and, and I said, well, what do you mean? She's like, you're telling me all these great ideas, all these things that you could build, all these things that you could do. I, th I support you. I think this is amazing. Now we were, when, when she told me this, we were engaged at the time. Yeah. And so uh, we got engaged within like three months of knowing each other and married the next year. And we were told, no, no, don't do this. We're talking about starting our own business. Everyone's saying no. But Angela, as we're engaged, finally says, listen, I will support you. I will stand behind you, but it's time to shit or get off the pot. And so that was really the dial that I needed to sit there and be like, oh, I have support. She mm. doesn't want to hear all my dreams and aspirations and things that I believe that I could do. Yeah. And she was right. She was 100% correct to where it was like, listen, it's time to either move forward or that's, and if not, it's okay, stay in corporate America. You know, I was uh -huh. earning, you know, low six figures, but still, you know, back in the early 2000s, low six figures is pretty dang good living. Yeah. And there was just something that just didn't seem right to me. I saw how I could help, you know, change a culture in an organization, help change how not only we, you know, the, where I was working at at the time could interact with each other, but also interact with our customer base and the, the person at the top, the mothership, as I call it, they made all the decisions, no matter what they made the decisions. And I liked that. I was like, wait a minute, they're responsible for the, the good and the bad of the outcome. And if that's the case, that means I can do whatever I want. As long as it's my wheelhouse, it's not brain surgery. Like I'm, what I'm saying is, is I'm not going to become a brain surgeon, but I can go in there and I can be, I can surround myself with other amazing humans that have traits that I don't have. They, they fill those gaps because I learned, you know, I can't be the beginning, middle and end. I made a mistake in the beginning of my entrepreneurship. I'm like, I am the beginning, middle and end, which meant that every customer was still coming to me. Mm. Uh, um, but when I realized I am, I, I am responsible for the outcome, I'm like, screw corporate America. It is not for me. Now, there are people that go into entrepreneurship because they have a problem with authority, okay? <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to go become, and I'm going to use something, and I'm going to become a Subway operator, uh, like Subway, the, the franchise. Yeah. Or I'm going to open my, clean, uh, my, uh, my vacuum store, whatever it is. And they have a problem with authority, and all they did is really create another job for themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't look at that as entrepreneurship. You just got an issue with, you got some, you know, past trauma that you have chosen not to really get over. And you're like, no, 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 the man. I am Therapy not the fly. this way. The man. Yeah. 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 And so that, I think there are different areas where people consider themselves, and I'm, I'm doing quotation marks for anyone that can't see it right now, an entrepreneur. And, <laughs> um, and that's, that's, that's an interesting place to come from. But I believe those of us that that choose to sit there and they want to help solve a problem. And when you look to solve a problem, money can be a byproduct. Something else can be a byproduct. If we're not looking for what the outcome is and we're looking to actually do something of good, the outcome will be something that you, you either can see or you can't see, but it'll work out for you. Mm.
Hey, founders, Brandon Straza, really interesting guy and really excited about the uh, platform that he has built. It's thesuccessfinder.com, thesuccessfinder.com. It is a really innovative way. Uh, I, I really believe it solves the problem of, of, of getting pieces connected um, and really connecting leaders with uh, people that want to learn. Uh, it's a place where it's kind of all in one. Uh, it gives opportunities for leaders to have a platform to share their knowledge, to share their inspiration, and for people to gather both to follow a leader, but also connect with each other. Um, it is a place that Brandon and I are certainly going to delve more into and probably we'll talk about as we get involved. TheSuccessFinder.com. Look it up, sign up, and join. Back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. You can sell it. it. It is around money. But what I hear from you is the outcome is I'm going to attack this problem and solve this problem. So you are looking to achieve an outcome, which is to like solve this problem for people, right? I mean, it's semantics, but. 100% semantics. And why I, I started understanding the whole money aspect of it. Yes, we need money. Yes. Do I want money? Absolutely. Because I can do a lot of good with it. And I continue to do a lot of good with it. But if I'm, I sit there and say, okay, once I hit a million dollars in sales this year, okay, I'm going to feel this way. I'm going to have this. Okay. If I hit it before my goal, I say, okay, within six months, I need to hit this. If I hit it before, I'm like, ah, oh, I shot too low. If I hit it afterwards, I'm like, ah, I over, I overestimated. I don't feel good either way. There's something that happens in, 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 in the back of the brain, whether we know it or not, that's sitting there and it's saying you, you overshot or you undershot. And so if I just sit there and say, hey, we're going to continue to tackle this, I'm going to, you know, and we get to where it is, whatever that million is or whatever that, that marker is, customer base, whatever it is. As long as you are going along the way, you're not you're not tying your outcome, the emotion of and your identity to I gotta hit a million within six months. Because when we do that, all of a sudden we start making poor choices. We start making choices off of if I don't do this, I can't put food on my table. If I don't do this, I might put someone in a bad program or something that doesn't really serve them. And so, yes, all of those things are playing in the back of your mind. Yeah. And and no, I'm not saying that's it's the right or wrong way to go about it. It's the way that I when I look back at all the breadcrumbs, I'm like, oh, I never was specifically looking for what this is. And that wasn't going to define me because when I tried to make that the markers, OK, if we have a million dollars in um, in our first year in sales in in my company, I'm going to feel this way. And then we hit it and I'm like, I don't feel any different. Did I undershoot my goal? And then I was like, I need to raise the bar. And then I hit it sooner again. I'm like, I still don't feel how I thought I was going to feel. And so I want to take away the outcome and how it defines me. I like that uh, from the standpoint of it, it, you know, when you hear people say live in the moment, live in the now, what you're actually doing by, by adding that kind of caveat, whereas we're not going to be pursuing this thing because it's like a pinpoint in the future. Um, two things happen. You get to live in the now and get to experience it real time. And you're not the, the wave of emotion of we're doing good, we're doing bad, like in relation to that pinpoint in the future. But the second thing is, 
is that you leave open the future possibilities because the future is unlimited possibilities for all of us, right? And so by focusing on the now, you're really allowing the business to flower and spread out in ways that you're not, you're not going to artificially limit it. You're going to let the business kind of organically grow. That's a really cool perspective that I had it. You've articulated it exceptionally well, more so than I've heard other people say it. Thank you. Now I'm going to, can I throw something in here? Cause I don't want someone looking like, ah, oh. you know, we, we look at people and we hear, you know, podcasts, we hear interviews and like, I can never attain that. I can never get like he, this. Whoever's listening right now, I can tell you there are moments of doubt. <laughs> there are moments of, of happiness, glad, sadness, all sorts of things that in an entrepreneur or a non-entrepreneur, because I do believe there are entrepreneurs that work in corporate America. Absolutely. Corporate America doesn't exist without entrepreneurs working in there. Okay. They just aren't the ones that want to have the risk and the liability. It's still, there's sometimes there's that tangled ball when I, you know, as you know, I was mentioned, Dr. Jeff Spencer, that human mindset kicks in. The sooner we realize that you have two different mindsets, champion's mind, human mindset, okay? And this is not my words, but this is how I learned to actually work through it better. These are, this is more Dr. Jeff Spencer, and I hope I do it justice. The human mindset's always going to sit there. The sooner that we can catch on and say, oh, wait, am I coming from my champion's mind or human mindset is the sooner that we can get out of that, that, that when your stomach starts turning and your emotions start kind of going on there and you recognize ah, I'm coming from my human mindset, you can stop that. And you can flip that switch and slowly go into it. So I don't want you to say it's all, I don't want anyone to think that it's all a bed of roses and that there aren't moments of like, I question myself and I'm, I, I, I'm, it's all roses. But what I have done is I surrounded myself. This is the thing that I can tell everyone. If you take anything away from this, surround yourself with faster, smarter, brighter people, because they huh. will hold up a mirror to you and help you see what's actually there as opposed to looking out the window. And that's actually not even mine as well. That's a, uh, a dear friend and partner of mine, Nick Peterson's, you know, windows and mirrors. And so they will help say you're, where you're coming from a lot quicker. And then you can catch it a lot quicker to realize that you're coming from that emotional side. Mm. I love that holding up a mirror. Yeah. Windows and mirrors. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. I'll send you a, uh, if you ever heard of a Carpman's triangle, have you ever heard of that? Uh -uh. You've got the hero, the villain and the victim. Um, and really the, the hero and the villain are the same person. They create uh -huh. the victim because the hero hasn't really, um, uh, figured out their own shit. And so they create the villain and it's called carp, carp, carpman's triangle. I decided to switch that to cartman's triangle from South Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I uh... embedded, I embedded windows and mirrors into that. And so the, the, the window is you have, you have Cartman as, as the hero, uh, you have, um, I think it's uh stan as the the villain and then the victim's kenny because he always dies he always that's dies the, that's the window you're looking out love the it mirror is cartman is the villain and i turned him into the joker cartman the 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 hero so the villain is is cartman joker the the hero is cartman batman and and kenny still dies at the end of the day kenny of course he has to yeah. awesome yeah. Anyway, we, we have a, a dear friend uh, and amazing coach, uh, Britt Lefko. She's a guest earlier and just a dear, dear friend. Um, but we talked about these concepts of hero, villain and victim a bit. And, uh, you know, I, Britt and I get in these long, deep conversations about and, you know, lots of mental churning about behaviors and why we do what we do. And 
healing and all these things. And, and I, and I asked her, I said, you know, if you were to describe yourself or what you do, what, what is, you know, how do you describe yourself? Because the coach doesn't really do you justice. And, you know, therapist is not the word. And she says, Brandon, I'm, I'm a very clear mirror. I'm a very, mm. very, I'm one of the cleanest mirrors for people. And, and going down that road, even more, we talked about this idea of victim and, uh, and hero. Um, and I said, you know, there's you know, with different events of my life, <clears throat> I find myself feeling in a victim space and there's a whole story around that. And I can feel myself in a hero space and there's a complete story around that. And both seem to feel true at different times, right? Depending on an emotional state. <clears throat> and she says her, the, the premise of her coaching is that all stories are hero stories. Everyone's story is a hero story. And, and, and working with her, it's very true. That's what she brings out based on whatever, you know, you, you work with her on as she brings out the hero story, you know, around an event or, or life or whatever. So yeah. this resonates. That's, that's the big thing right there is you, you know, uh, coach leader, you know, I, I, we choose to use the term leader. Um, I've heard the term corner man, all different kinds out there. And that's really why I got, I, I'm where I'm at today as I found out about leadership. And I found out about masterminds and communities and how to learn from other individuals that aren't in your industry. I always thought when I was in corporate America, if you're, if you're an insurance person, if you're a mortgage person, if you're a car sale, whatever it is, you learn from those people because they have those experiences. What I quickly found was like, that's great, but we all think kind of in the same, you know, not convert, I don't know, same, same direction. And the reality is, is learning from people from different domains, different industries, brings a whole different perspective because listen, what Bob's doing, you know, after this interview, it might not have anything to do with my company, but those lessons can bleed through because at the end of the day, good tactics, good systems are still good tactics and systems, good decisions and stuff. And so you should be, you should want to learn from individuals in other domains, other industries, because if they have those already in place, you can replicate it. Mm. Yeah. True innovation, uh, true inspiration never comes with comes from within an industry. It always comes from without. Mm -hmm. um, Perry Marshall talks about that all the time. Um, anything that's going to move an industry and catapult it forward is never going to come from within that industry because there's this group think that just gets smaller and smaller and smaller, right? And there's no room for innovation. In fact, innovation is actually punished. So it's always an outsider that comes in and completely changes a game and takes an industry to a new place. So that's that's very keen insight. And so, you know, what what Brandon's saying here is when you are looking for a mastermind, don't don't necessarily like it's not bad to be in an industry group. But if you're looking to move yourself forward, move your company forward, get inspiration and really innovate your company then get in a room with people that are from all kinds of different walks of life, different stages of business because that's where the true inspiration is going to happen. And that's that to me, if you're looking for coaching, look for mastermind, that is the key is you said it, Brandon, find people that are smarter and faster than you, right? Don't be the smartest person in a mastermind because you're not going to move, but then also um, look for a group that's really diverse. And I, I think that's just really, really good advice that you dispense to people. Yeah. And I'm sitting here. So I've started a company because I got in a room and I took what I knew to be true. I took a foundation 
and I took what I knew to be true. Then I saw a problem and I took different pieces from all the leaders that were in this mastermind. And then also the members that were in there, I took different small pieces and just rearranged them like a Rubik's cube. And then that's how I built the success finder. And, mm -hmm. and so I'm not saying like, just because you get into a mastermind or community or, you know, have a leader coach, whatever it is that, that, that is going to be the byproduct of it. I wasn't looking for that. I'm just like, I need to, I need to level up. I need to look at things differently. And so I'm like, Hey, I'll try this thing called mastermind. I, I hadn't heard about it. You know, I think it was like four and a half years ago is when I actually heard about this term and I was completely blown away by, by what it was, but I have not only a, a company that I started, but other partnerships that I have been brought into that I don't even do much except for sometimes they ask, you know, we, we get on a, you know, an advisory panel or something. I've been brought into three or four other companies been gifted ownership because of the fact they're just like, yeah, we like how you're doing things. We'd like for you to come over here and do X, Y, Z. I'm like, okay. And a few years ago was when I first started seeing this. And I went to, to, you know, my corner man. And I said, I don't feel like I deserve this. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, they're, they're giving me something for like, I don't know if I'm really qualified to do this. He's like, no, no, no. I was coming from my human mindset. And so again, I had someone around me. My point to this is, is I had someone around me that sat there and stopped me and said, no, you're, you're coming from the wrong side. Hmm. Interesting. Let's, let's take it back to your first coach, your, your, your fiance, which is now your wife. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yes. A, I'm a fan of her. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Big so, fan. so true creation, true manifestation always starts with a thought. We know that. It's entrepreneurs are really, really good with creative thoughts, right? It's like what we do all day long. I love the fact that your wife was modeling what a true coach does, which is get your thoughts into actions. The universe really doesn't know what the hell we want until we start moving forward, right? It can't act on all these dreams and visions because it's, it's a really like unclear picture. But once you start to step forward, then all of a sudden the universe can lock in and go, all right, this is where Brandon's moving. Let's, let's help him out here. Um, whether your wife knew it or not, that, that really, that shit or get off the pot is the advice that we all need to hear. Yeah. Ideas are great. Dreams are great. But at some point you got to shit or get off the pot. It's like, you got to move forward. I mean, you, you've talked a lot about coaches in this, Brandon. Tell me some of your experiences where you've, you've got more of that that your wife gave you your preview for early in your career. Yeah. Um, and she was the reason why this company exists too, by the way. So like my two main companies, she's the reason when I came home from my, my first mastermind and I came back and I tell her this idea, because you just talked about the ideas that sit on the shelf. Yeah, More ideas sit on the shelf and people are like, oh, I can't tell anyone because they're going to steal my idea. And I, I was talking to a VC person years ago and they're like, there are a million ideas born every minute, but they sit on the shelf. Yeah. It's the moment that you know action organizes. Once you start taking action and what I found, if you're listening, you're like, well, how do I start talking about this? And how do I get something to come to fruition? I just start, if I see something that I gravitate towards, I start talking about it. And if people yes. start gravitating towards like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, tell me more about this. And I'm like, maybe we have something. And so I keep refining and refining how I explain what my thoughts are on building something new. And, 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 and for this one right here, Angela again was like, because she's heard, you know, hundreds of ideas and she's like, oh, that's got legs to it. You should, you should start, let's, let's start, you know, going down that path. Now at the time, my background and still is to this day was banking, insurance, finance. 
And so building a tech oh, company. Sure. That's where actors love to go into banking, yes. and finance and insurance. Mm. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and Yeah. Um, but my first experience of, of the, the, the coaching mastermind world, uh, I believe was back in, it was probably 2018, 2019. And um, I, I just, when, when it was Travis Chapel, he's got a, a tech company called Guestio. It's a podcasting company. And he says, hey, I've got these amazing people coming together. We're going to get together. We're going to eat some food, have some fun, do some experiences, and we're going to learn from each other. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. I haven't done something like that before. And I didn't look at it like I was being coached, but I was, yeah. you know, without knowing. It's almost like, it's like, what is it, inception? It's like planting that seed without you knowing, because if it's not your own choice, then you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. And so I just sat there and I'm like, well, that's interesting. I'm going to learn from different people from different industries. And that's not how they worded it, but that's how I received it. So I think that's another thing is like if our message, if your message has to be delivered in a way that it only can be what you believe the outcome is, I'm talking for someone who has a product or a, whatever it is, you have to realize how it might mean something to someone else and that's okay. Because if they buy from you and they win with that buy, that, that's a win for everybody. And so my first experience with coaching, um, the coaching world was really more of a group experience. And it was just sitting there and allowing yourself to be in receivership. And not saying, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not in my industry. It was literally just being open. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, you have to be ready to accept someone saying, because they're, they, they don't have a pony in the race. If you choose to take the advice and go with it, great. If not, they're probably going to move on with their life. And so it's when you become, when you're in receivership, and I was, I was fortunate. I was at a point in my life to where like, if, if I if I had tried it earlier, probably wouldn't have worked. I would have walked away and said, I'm never going to do this crap again. But it was at that point where I'm just like, this is interesting. And so I was willing to be in receivership and listen to how other people were running their companies, their businesses. And I didn't even realize it at the time when I got in this mastermind, I probably had the most established um, business company that was in this group and in this coaching group. It was, you know, it had more, you know, monthly reoccurring revenue than anyone on there, but I didn't look at it like, oh, I'm this big dog. I'm looking at it like I'm this small fish in this big pond. And I saw this pond all of a sudden, like of, of really what entrepreneurship was. And that allowed me to sit there and stop saying I'm the beginning, the middle and the end. And I, it's my way or the highway. And it went to, there's other people out there that, that, you know, at some point I can partner with and we can change how we do things. We can change uh, a boring industry and how it's looked at. It's like you were talking about it earlier. We can't see the forest through the trees. We can't see the, 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 the instructions through the label or whatever that is. And you can't if you're only going back to the same wheelhouse. And so that's why I feel that finding the right coach, the mentor, leader, community is so vitally important, not only for whether you're in corporate America or you have a small business or a large company, but I think it's more your internal health, your internal clock. You can do so much more when you realize how you can get your time back by having people help you along the way. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Excited about this episode. And again, uh, the captivating stories that we're learning about in Brandon's adventures. What a powerful way to get people's attention and create anticipation and get them uh, listening and connecting with the very human part of 
business. If this is something that's maybe escaped you, if this is something that's maybe like, man, how do I make this work? How do I incorporate story into uh, my marketing, my messaging, my brand, whatever the words you want to do, whatever the identity of your company is, I want to encourage you to go ahead and book some time with Bob and I, either through strategicstory.media or feedstories.com, where we are launching a program here soon where we're going to be walking people through identifying the specific stories in their businesses, the, the stories that people resonate with, and using those stories as a launch pad as a foundation to create all other media uh, around your business to market it, to uh, amplify your brand, whatever needs to be done. We start with the stories, the core stories that make you who you are, that, that created this business for you out of thin air, as well as your personal story. And it's a very powerful way to get congruent and get clear on why you exist in the world and what problems you want to solve. If this sounds interesting, go to one of our sites, strategicstory.media or feedstories.com, and let's get some time together. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. Brandon and I love this. This is the guy that shows up to the mastermind. This is the guy Brandon and I really love. They show up to a mastermind with an agenda. Yeah. Try to force feed you their idea and validation for it. And they get pissed off at you if you challenge them. Those are our favorite people. Favorite people. They spend a lot of money to be in the room to get new perspectives, you know, shown to them. And they resist it. It's like, dude. They're there to basically get a validation for their idea and their (laughs) ego. Yeah. And what what Brandon, what you described was the exact opposite, which is the exact mindset you need going into a mastermind. So our advice is don't be that guy. Like if you're <laughs> in a huge sum of money to preen and and get people to validate your awesomeness, then get out of the room. You're that that is the absolute worst yeah. position to be in. Yeah. Not gonna help and, you. And here's and here is the clue that you're that you're doing this. People get out of their chairs. They walk around the room and pace. They go to get coffee. They go to the bathroom and they don't want to be in your energy. That is when you know that you are you are presenting from an ego standpoint. So again, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Speaking of that guy, I want to hear about this story of being arrested in Thailand because I want to go to Thailand. Oh yeah, we're going there. Oh, oh yeah, we, we dug. We dug, Brandon. We went into your history. <laughs> I didn't get arrested in Thailand. I don't well, know. They were in the jail or something, or there, I don't know. Okay, there we go. I did end up Kool-Aid in prison or something. after Thailand. You're pushing so. Kool-Aid in Thailand because they you're pushing sugar pills. Yeah. You, something. Tell us the real yeah. story. Okay, so as I'm leaving Thailand, uh, I I get booted off the plane, and I, I don't speak Thai. Um, but, uh, and the airports there aren't as nice as like having the Admirals Club here stateside and in other probably <laughs> countries. So Admirals I'm Club. sitting there and, and, and I start, you know, coming up with the idea of how I'm going to, you know, what this company would be like and what we're doing. And so I get home and I start telling Angela and Liam, we're having our first dinner together and I'm telling her this idea. And all of a sudden my phone starts going, <laughs> I'm push it aside. <laughs> the hell? And she's like, who's texting you? I'm like, oh, it's that Steve Sims guy. And I put it down. And she's, and then it, 
And she's like, what is he texting about? I'm like, you know, I was like, oh, he mentioned to me when we were in Thailand, he takes uh, people to prison, you know, to work with the EITs. It was Max Four Penitentiary. And uh, he invited me to come with him and, and learn with these other, you know, crazy wackadoos out there, these change makers. The, one, of the, uh, one of the actresses from CSI Miami was, uh, went to the one, so I'm kind of fast forwarding, so I'll rewind. And, uh, but I told him, you know, I've been traveling, I've been gone. And uh, yeah, I just don't have time. And she's like, listen, she's like, how did he get your cell phone number? I'm like, cause I didn't give it to him. I'm like, it's Steve Sims. He's worked with Elton John, you know, Sir Richard Branson, uh, Elon Musk, like shut down, you know, had, you know, at the, had brought in Bocelli to sing to someone uh, at the foot of David. I'm like, you can probably do whatever he wants. You know, he's spoken at the Pentagon. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, she's like, if Steve Sims reaches out to you and now he's personally texting you and wants you to go to prison. I don't care. As long as you get out, you go. <laughs> and so I not only went once to prison, I went twice because I made a promise when I was in there to the EITs and each experience was a completely different thing. This would be a whole different podcast to go and explain the, the emotion, um, the connections, how you see yourselves and how, how actually there's not that many degrees of separation between the, 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 the men on this side, because you get in a line, the men on this side, and then the entrepreneurs on this side, you find out there were just a few life choices, usually that uh, pre pre presented because of a, a family member, a parent, or a lack thereof parent that got them to where they're at. And so, yeah, I went to prison twice. Um, I met one of my uh, business partners in prison. Um, he, he, he got out the same day as well as I did, uh, Nick Peterson. But if it wasn't for, again, Wow, everything's going back to Angela. Maybe you should just go interview her. Maybe I need to. If it wasn't for her name. saying, like, you will go to prison, Steve Sims is is inviting you to go. Now, by the way, I paid to go to prison too. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a donation, but I paid to put myself behind bars. Um, and and so I ended up going to prison, which was you know the next best thing after finding out about the world of masterminds because I got to work with uh, work with Steve for years, and uh, P and I were just texting the other day on gosh knows what, I forget what it was, probably something silly. Uh, but yeah, I went to prison and, and you realize again, the difference between the men standing on one side and you, there's a few life choices and there's some choices that you both made probably that were similar, but you just didn't get caught or you just didn't get in trouble before you had time enough to, Whoa. um, to, Ooh. to, you know, correct your choices. And again, it's, it's, it would be probably a pretty fascinating podcast on what I learned in there. But each time I went in, I, I came out a little bit different and seeing things like how many choices could my son who um, is, is eight and a half now, I got to make sure I put the eight, half in there for his purposes. Um, just small little changes, um, decisions he could make along his way that you realize, because I got to eventually in the second time I met the parents and the parents, I'm, I'm going to use this word, which I could be ridiculed, whatever for they're as normal as you and me. Some of the parents, you're just like, and all the all the people are normal. I get that. But I'm just saying there, you would never suspect that they have a child that is in a max four penitentiary. Like no way without knowing. And uh, those, those, again, remember those dials we talked about here? Yeah. A dial gets turned, a decision gets made, the people that were around, they just turn it just a little bit. We're one step away from making that decision, which then spiral us out of control. So there's, there's my prison story. I forgot. I'm like, I didn't go into prison, but because of Thailand, I ended up in prison twice stateside. Huh. That sounds like it ought to be a book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you, have you kind of 
told that story before, like in detail? Um, bits and pieces probably, uh, because every, anytime we get to that point to where like I met my business partner in prison, I've, you know, been in and out of prison twice, um, you know, working with EITs, entrepreneurs in training. Um, you know, I, I've, I've told bits and pieces and I always say, Hey, that's probably a podcast for another day. That's a story for another day. Um, and someone I, I, I believe could tell it far better than I could. Uh, but my experience there, it will change you. If, if you ever want to know more, I'll, t- I'll tell anyone this. You can reach out to me. I'm sure we'll have it somewhere in the show notes. I'll 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 connect you with um, Defy Ventures. I believe is is what it is, and I'll connect you with Steve um, Sims. Steve has no problem, especially if you're wanting to look to go into something and you want to actually experience what this is, uh, because an individual's words would never do it justice. It's experiencing it, yeah. and then at, at the end of the day, there's nothing different between. Um, the 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 EITs that are in there, um, there's light. Most of them are in there for life. It's a max four penitentiary. Okay, uh, and we're talking uh, cop killers. Uh, we're talking uh, previous KKK drug dealers, um, rapists, murder. You know, all different walks of life. And I saw a, a previous uh, police officer hug someone who had killed a police officer, and both of them, you know, tearing up. Um, but there, by the end of the day, as you're you're networking, you're just talking. The only difference between you and them is your outfits. They're wearing their prison, you know, jumpsuit and you're not. Mm. And you, you stop. And someone said this to me. They said, when you get to the real world, when you get back to the real world, will you let them know that we're humans? Wow. Wow. And, and so uh, it is, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm getting chills. Uh, you know, because I'm I'm taking myself back to that memory right there, and yeah. and it means something different today than it meant, you know, several years ago. But if it wasn't for again Angela saying, "Yeah, you're going to go to prison," Steve Sims, and uh, work with the Five Ventures, it it truly uh, it's how I build what I build today. It's how I I look and I partner with individuals. Each step leads us to the next step, and that step leads us to the next one. Hmm. What part of um, Thailand is this? Did you do this? What part of, uh, so uh, when I went to Thailand, I was in Phuket. Um, I started in Phuket, which is a big party place. Uh, So when I got picked up in the middle of the night from the airport and I'm like, they're like, where do you want to go? I'm like, well, because the people weren't going to be there to the following day. I'm like, this town called Phuket seems pretty close. And he laughs at me because it's a huge party town. Like it's, it's crazy. You'll go down a street. And there's people dancing in the window and from, and like, here's the Russian house and here's the, the German house. And here's the, you know, and I, again, I'm just walking. I'm like, I already knew not to touch a thing, do a thing. <laughs> like I, you know, anything, anything. Um, and uh, so I, and I, wherever it was, it was probably 30 minutes away from Phuket. Um, beautiful okay. pro- property. Uh, I, I can find out more of the details if, if, if I need to, after the fact, but again, Travis chapel, uh, he has a podcast called, it was called build your network. And I think it's called Travis and friends now. And then he's the, the founder of Guestio. Uh, he was the one that put it together and he really, you know, he brought in, um, Zach Benson, who has a sistergram. He brought in Steve Sims, uh, Gerard Butler, I think sold his company for like 50 million. And then, um, Ronsley Vaz, who's, who's an, uh, he's over in Australia, I believe. And it was, it was those individuals 
And I took a little piece of each of their companies and a little piece of what was making them successful and just rearranged how it was. But yeah, Thailand changed my life forever. And then prison continued to enhance and change that. It was like each step led me to the next one where it was, it was time to, uh, it was time to make a change and, and who I was and upgrade my operating system. I think what, what I take from this and what Brandon and I have taken from all our entrepreneur friends and guests on this show is that we constantly seek ways to challenge ourselves, to get out of our own way, to expand our minds, to experience things that, you know, when you talk about how you were designed in your DNA, like it's just encoded in us. We seek out things that that completely shake up our environment. Um, this is not a knock against anybody who wants security and a way of life where it's predictable. It's just not our way. And so when you like you can go to a party, Brandon, and like you could talk with some friends who are in regular jobs and, and the stuff you share with them probably makes them look at you like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Right. But you get on this show and the people who listen to the show and it's like, we're fascinated. Like, oh, yeah. well, I, I want to think about doing that. So um, it's good to be in these environments where you're around people where this stuff is normal, <laughs> you know? And it's okay. And it's just, it's just what we do. And so I just want to applaud you number one for like following, following your gut, um, listening to that inner voice to challenge yourself because it clearly pushes you to new places that you want to go and you need to go. So that's awesome. Um, we're running out of time. I'd love for you to talk about success finder. Yeah. Uh, you got the logo on your shirt. Tell us what it's about and, and who it helps and how people can get you know in touch with you. Let's, let's hear some of those things. Yeah. So um, if you want to check it out, you would go to the successfinder.com. It is a, it is a platform. Uh, there is a Canadian company called success finder. Darn those Canadians. Uh, but, um, yeah, I know, but it, it, they're an HR company more. And, and so we are a, a, a leadership community platform. Um, so think of TripAdvisor, hotels, airlines, restaurants, we have communities, masterminds, coaches, leaders. Okay. And then on the other side, you have members. And so what I set out to do, because I realized my unfair advantage was time and resources, was how could I build a place for approved leaders, okay? Uh, the keyword is there is approved leaders, because you do have other platforms out there that just allow anyone to become a guru. And I think that's problematic because there's a lot of noise, okay? If we want, you know, everyone's like, oh, you need to scale, just open it up. Anyone can create a community. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what it's designed for. Then I'm just, I'm just like everyone else. And I'm not trying to be everyone else. I'm not trying to be different. I want to do what makes sense. And so the success finder was built to be responsive. It responds to what you're looking for. If you're looking for a community based off of health and wellness, if you're looking for a community based off of uh, uh, marketing or, or cryptocurrency um, or the second part of your life, the um, copywriting, whatever it is, it's going to say, this is what you're looking for. Here are the leaders. Here are the communities that offer this. Okay. And so we really took a lot of different for, we're for the leaders and the learners. So we serve two different sides. Okay. Mm -hmm. Leaders, learners, uh, leaders are able to make sure that their message gets across because when we use different social platforms and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, the problem is, is you are serving your community, but you're also serving an algorithm. What you have to ask yourself is, is how is that algorithm being served to your community? 
So there's a, a layer that sometimes we don't go any deeper. And so we built a non-algorithmically based platform to make sure that leaders are able to educate, communicate, and monetize their community how they see fit. It's free for the leaders. We don't charge the leaders to utilize the platform. It takes about 10 different systems and simplifies how the leaders can communicate and give not only themselves more time back, but also the members in their community. So it takes payment processing, your courses, your modules. Uh, we call it ICS, in-community streaming. It's the first of its kind to where your, your calls are actually built directly into your community, which increases the experiential rate by about 12 to 13%, which means that when the call is over, the video call is over, you're still in the community, which means your members are communicating, they're networking, they're learning more from each other. It's the idea is how do we get rid of the noise? We allow them to find their success signal. And leaders are actually able to, when they simplify their systems, as opposed to, you know, getting rid of Facebook groups, getting rid of Kajabi, getting rid of um, uh, their, their PayPal account, getting rid of their, their video streaming, uh, their, their audio, whatever it is, all the different systems that they're currently using. Not only do they save money because it's free and they can get rid of all these different distractions, but they're able to put out that success signal to guarantee that their community, when they put something out there, it's not fighting an algorithm. It's being put in front of them. So it is a new way of a learning. It's a simplified way of learning to where leaders lead, learners learn, and they can come together in a safe space without having to worry about deep fakes. You know, you know we've got all this AI right now. It's, it's almost like a KYC, know your customer. We know that the leader's on there. If Brandon Boyd is a leader on the platform, you know that it's his material. What is the value going forward knowing that your content is not being spoofed or deep faked? That mm. the people that are looking for Brandon Boyd um, are going to literally get who Brandon is because he's been vetted. We know that it's him and no one else. So you can't create a community unless you're an approved leader. You don't have a forward facing profile unless you're a leader on the platform. So, I mean, I could go into all the tech and how it's done and how we've built it. It is literally one of the most fascinating, amazing, simplified platforms out there that will take self-education will take education. We've got children's communities on there because they found out when they were trying to do them on other platforms, the, the kids were getting like DM'd and we were getting spoofed and fit. And it was like, it was becoming dangerous. And so we took mm -hmm. those security risks uh, uh, out of there to where we now are having, you know, children's communities come on and start working together because they realize that this is the only place to where they know that they can't you know, be DM'd or have, you know, stranger danger come in there and have a conversation where they're not supposed to. So really excited about that, especially with the kids summer camp that we're doing later on in August, which is a free uh, virtual summer camp that we're going to do where it's going to have exercise. Um, I'm kind of self-promoting. It's not my community in there, but it's going to have exercise. It's going to have online safety. It's going to have um, art, music, uh, literacy, all different kinds of things that we're going to be able to offer to the families that can't afford a summer camp, um, can't afford to have anything but YouTube kids um, babysit <laughs> during the summertime. So we're really looking to, it's not that we're doing it differently. We're doing it what seems to be the most efficient, safest, cleanest way to actually communicate and educate in the leadership space. Hmm. That's fantastic. It's fascinating. That is fascinating. Very, 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 very cool. Awesome. Right, Brandon Boyd. Well, I'm processing what you just said. I was, I'm, I'm yeah. excited to check this out. Um, 
So to wrap up, Brandon, one thing we like to do is we like to call it the 60 second rant or soapbox. And this, uh, this is just an opportunity for you to, you can rant on anything from people who drive in the left lanes, like I like to do, because those people are communists and, and aliens. Uh, and I, I just got back from a road trip. So that's all I experienced was people driving in the left lane. Uh, you can rant about Starbucks, them making your order wrong. You can rant about anything, anything you're passionate about. It can be a soapbox. 60 seconds, go. You got to start being kind, folks. Here's the reality. There is so much anger out there. There's so much hate. There's so much, I have to be right. I have conversations with my eight-year-old about, is it better to be helpful or right? And he knows it's better to be helpful than right. It's time to start letting down and stop thinking that everyone is coming after you and just be kind. You can walk away from a conversation. You can actually create so many more positive experiences by sitting there and saying, this room doesn't serve me. This conversation doesn't serve me. I can turn off this TV show or news channel based off of the fact that it is just pissing me off. Release the anger, step away. You can change where you're coming from and just know it's not about being right. It's about being helpful. Mm. Boom. Love, Love that. Thank Love you. It. Awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Thanks for bringing the energy today. Yes. And thanks for uh, yeah, some really great conversation, some awesome stuff that you that you've learned, uh, things that you shared, and obviously you're gonna continue to dig into these things and uh, live out exactly what you're teaching people. So um, thanks again. Thanks for spending the hour with us. We really really appreciated it. Bob Brandon, this I I, I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much, and I appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely, awesome. our pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.